because that's not why they came. They wanted to continue the online conversation offline at a face-to-face -face level. Welcome to Next Gen Movement, our sole mission to empower tomorrow's leaders by harnessing and unleashing collective wisdom, lessons and experiences of thought leaders within the community. All right. If you're tuning in, welcome to the Next Gen Movement. Our next guest is someone who has been a crucial part in building an iconic community and a global movement on LinkedIn and in the networking space. LinkedIn Local was co-founded by Anna McAfee as a tool to simply turn our online connections into deeper offline ones. She is also CEO and head of communities for LocalX, a startup which will help power and enrich communities across the globe for social impact. With what started as a simple networking event in Coffs Harbour out of all places two years ago, has had over a thousand events since in 350 plus cities in 60 countries. The simple idea of getting to know the person behind the LinkedIn profile into a deeper human connection has become a game changer in how people network today. So it's my warm welcome to introduce Anna McAfee as our next guest for Next Gen Movement. Welcome, Anna. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming, Anna. We're excited to have you. Yeah, yeah sure. And I might just jump in first. Um, we had a lot of response from the community when they found out we were interviewing you. And there were a number of people that asked what was the difference between LinkedIn Local and LinkedIn uh, and Local X. Sorry. Can you give us a, a bit of a description on the... On the yeah. And I, it's, um, it's a good one to clarify because there is a lot of confusion. So um, I think <clears throat> as far as the story goes... Um, a lot of us were spending a lot of time on LinkedIn Local. And for me personally, it was sort of turning into a full-time job. And from a, obviously not from an income perspective because I don't own from LinkedIn Local. I was, but I just found myself completely drawn back to that community and wanting to do more. And I think for a lot of us, it really sparked something in us that made us want to continue working on it. And we, we, we stopped and we asked ourselves, how can we justify working on this? And we thought, okay, so why don't we kind of form more officially as a team and look at how we can continue to spread this idea, not just with LinkedIn Local, but through other communities. So, you know, one of the, the big things is the social impact side of people whose lives have changed or communities have changed or charities that have been impacted by the idea of LinkedIn Local. We, we, we decided as a team to say, how can we continue doing this? We also had no technology to really um, manage what we were doing and we decided that there, there is probably a gap in the market for that. So LocalX is a team of some of the co-founders um, that's really formed in order to, so it is a business to kind of drive more communities and help other companies and brands on both a service level and a technology level um, in order to, to grow in that space. So we still continue to work on LinkedIn Local. Um, it is, our, I suppose, our first case study um, and what we've learnt from um, and, I guess, testament to what, what we can achieve. But it's... Um, so the distinction is the way we see it is LinkedIn Local is powered by LocalX. So um, the events themselves are still called LinkedIn Local. Um, you know, the, I still run LinkedIn Locals in Coffs Harbour. Uh, the, the events are called LinkedIn Local and will continue to be called LinkedIn Local. We don't have any intention, unless LinkedIn tell us otherwise, to, um, to rebrand um, the actual events themselves. But the, um, so LocalX is, is a separate team, but it kind of powers that community. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm understanding, just to further clarify, Anna, the local X is the business, and that particular lo local X, you guys may work with other firms to help them on their strategy, networking strategy, social media strategy, or whatever. Community creation and community building yeah. strategy. And, and was part of the decision to do that based on that? the fact that you, you you thought there may be some risk with with just kind of having all your eggs in the LinkedIn local basket? Yeah, look, I it's a it's a really tricky one and anybody in a legal background will, I think, say, you know, we've we've had a lot of people like, are you even allowed to do this? Yeah. And yeah. it 
And it's a very valid question because, and from the very moment we began, it we said, well, you know, how like how big can this become? And so, as a side to this, I've had a number of conversations with LinkedIn. They know about it. They love it. You know, they're they're not wanting to get particularly involved in it. Um, they are developing an events platform that is absolutely going to help our community and the whole LinkedIn community. So they have responded well to that. But um, it's in a lot of ways, I think its value as a community is that it's user driven. These events are not about LinkedIn's agenda to try and get more users, to get more people to subscribe. You know, it's not just about LinkedIn themselves, these events. They're about communities, they're about you know, mental health in the workplace or work-life balance or, you know, lots of amazing topics that might not necessarily be linked into agenda, but they are the hosts and our community agenda. And so we want to have those important discussions and we want to use LinkedIn Local as a vehicle to do that. So in terms of, I mean, the way in terms of the structure of LinkedIn Local, it's, and we, from the very beginning, we said, this is a not-for-profit thing. So none of us make any money. No hosts make money. No mentors make money. I don't make money off it. There is no charge whatsoever to anybody except for the attendance of events. Events themselves are not-for-profit. That's why they've done a lot of raising money for charity. Um, we have kept it. Um, so the not-for-profit side is, is a really big part of it and one I think that LinkedIn do watch closely. Um, there is also as well, um, we don't use their branding. So, you know, we don't use the official LinkedIn logo or at least cities are told not to. Um, and we try and make it very clear to say, you know, this is a LinkedIn community event, not affiliated with the company LinkedIn. As a side to that, LinkedIn have trademarked the name LinkedIn local. They did that a year into the whole movement. So, there is that big legal question, and I don't think anybody, even LinkedIn themselves, really know the answer to it. As long as, as far as I can see it, as long as our events continue the way they have been with the value of not-for-profit, with keeping them about community, mm. and you know, keeping as much as we possibly can on the LinkedIn platform from obviously promoting events and using mm. LinkedIn groups and that kind of thing, then LinkedIn's head office are... Um, very, um, you know, happy with that. I had a conversation with LinkedIn recently um, about their student ambassador program and how it's such a good fit hosting with what they do. And they love that. So there is a lot, has been a lot of positive response from LinkedIn. But yes, there is a very grey area with it. And that's why we have continued to run it as we've run it. Our URL doesn't have LinkedIn in it because that is one of their trademark rules. And so we've really tried to We've been an open book with LinkedIn as to what we're trying to achieve with that community and really keep it with LinkedIn. Local X, I mean, you know, if another company comes to us and say, you know, how can we build a similar community? We'll say, great, all right, well, this is, this is what you need to do at the outset, but we won't cross it with LinkedIn Local. Uh, that makes sense. The, I, I want to talk about how, the magnitude of this thing because it, it makes sense even when you're speaking because they started to trademark it within a year. Mm. Um, you started this thing maybe maybe a little over two years ago. Um, we first connected, I think, around this time last year, if, if you don't remember, because um, yeah. I was going to South by Southwest for, for an event and there wasn't a LinkedIn local there. So I got to connect with like Katie and a few of the other people as well. Texas, yeah. That was my first ever LinkedIn local and I was a part host of it and then went to a few others. Um, it, it, it's astounding like how many places this thing is in. Like, well, I'd love to know, like, what are some of the stories you've heard from the cities you've never heard of or maybe in like maybe the poorer nations or somewhere mm. like different part of the world where this is really embraced community on a different level? So, um, so a couple of recent stories, Port Moresby had an event that they had to cap at 250 people and they had a waiting list just as long. Oh, wow. um, I know they've had some interest from um, Social Media Institute based on the back of that. So that's been a huge boost there for a market that honestly, I, I wouldn't have thought LinkedIn in, Port, in, in New Guinea would be a particularly big thing. But <laughs> It, obviously it is. Um, Numia has just started in New Caledonia as well. They've had a great response too. 
we've had a really big response from, I mean, obviously all, like, I mean, US, Canada, that's what we see in the news feed. Um, but in terms of, so French-speaking Africa, we've had to get a lot of the French team to start mentor calls for French-speaking Africa because they can't join our English-speaking mentor calls. <laughs> um because they don't speak English, it's all French. Uh, and so there's been a, you know, the Ivory Coast and Algeria is just getting started. Uh, I know Jerusalem are just getting, getting started as well. The first one's just been announced for Turkey. Uh, some really interesting, uh, Guam's had some great, um, you know, some great events as well. And I think, to, and I mean, look, I mean, it started in Coffs Harbour. We're less than 100,000 people. And that, you know, people think it's all about the big cities and it isn't. It's about, the, it's, it's about the smaller communities as well. So even, I mean, I've had 16 events here. So, and growing, you know, I'm still getting a lot of interest, still getting more people wanting to come, people wanting to know the schedule for the entire year sort of thing. So just things like that. There, there is a lot of longevity in this. It's not just about the one pop-up event. It's, it's, but yeah, some very interesting, smaller countries, smaller markets, really getting on board with this idea. That's unreal. It's, uh, it's. I'm getting sort of goosebumps just hearing about how big this can be. I'm curious though, with um, local X, like, what are some of the social impact, um, I guess, initiatives or, or drives you've you've been able to achieve? So, um, so we, you mean LinkedIn Local. Um, local X is, is very sort of infancy. LinkedIn okay. Local is um, very, uh, so look, a couple of examples. So Canberra set themselves a target this time last year to raise 10,000 meals for the homeless. Um, and I believe they met that target by the end of the year through their group, through their monthly, monthly meetups. Um, Baltimore in, um, in obviously the US raised 11,000 US dollars for charity. I know they had some press um, around that that was pretty big. Um, that was seen as a, a really big achievement and absolutely. At a smaller level, I think um, social impact wise, there's, there's been a number of people who have come to me and some very prolific people on LinkedIn who I know have done testimonials like Judy Fox and Jamie Cohen. Um, who've really talked about how this idea changed them personally um, in that they met, suddenly met a tribe of people that, and it, it brought them out of their shell. You know, Jamie has an amazing video that really shares where she was personally at the time when she first heard of LinkedIn Local and how she got involved with events and how it completely changed her life. And, um, you know, at a time when she was really, really desperately needing it. Um, so... There's that side as well from an individual level, but I think also as well from the social impact perspective, it's the topics. Um, India have just done Me Too in the workplace. India also around about a year ago did um, getting women back to work uh, in, um, in just, just outside Vancouver. They're about to have a mother's returning to work kind of meet up to really sort of help help people, you know, bring a community of people together that need that support, that need that network and need, you know, some, I suppose, a few lessons, you know, about how they can take their first steps in that arena. London have done a lot of mental health in the workplace. I know and there may be a bit of a spoiler in this, but I, I know their upcoming youth event, a lot of the youth events, another really, really great thing. Their upcoming youth event is going to involve yoga mats and um, some some fun stuff happening there. So so I think as well, it's bringing up a, Toronto just did work life balance. You know, something that affects all of us that we need to be talking about. And this is provided, and it's it's largely host driven. I don't say to people, oh, you should go and do mental health in the workplace. We don't drive that as a community. We say this is what's been done. Here are a few ideas, and people have run with that. And, and I think that's, so it's a discussion level as well that people really want to have <clears throat> not the easiest discussion. So whilst a lot of events will be about personal branding, they will be about the use of LinkedIn, they're really wanting on an ongoing basis to bring in some, some really kind of niche topics that they want to, that they really feel will impact the, the audience and the community. That's phenomenal. Yeah, Anna, I'm just, I'm listening to the story and, I just had this realization how powerful this movement can actually be. Um, we hear a lot of stories around 
the negativity of social media and how technology um, has, you know, kind of disconnected us. But I actually really from listening to what you're talking about, especially back to your earlier point around connecting smaller markets to bigger markets. I think there's a lot of potential power there, you know, and yeah, I mean, the way that you've been able to leverage an existing platform in a way, probably better than the creator, no disrespect to LinkedIn, but the way that you've been able to leverage it is amazing. And the question I have for you, I'm a big believer that commerce will reshape the world. I mean, commerce drives, um, economies and, and people within those economies become better off through commerce. And just talking earlier about how these smaller countries and nations have started to connect to first world countries, how do you see or have you seen any entrepreneurs within these smaller markets be able to kind of gain access to um, selling their products or services? in bigger markets or connecting with people that can help them to get into bigger markets? It's an interesting question. and I'm not sure that I have a specific example. I mean, certainly within our host community, we encourage all global hosts to connect with one another. So if you're in India, you know, go and connect with the US host just because, you know, and the, the, the returning mothers to work was a good example because whilst they were Canada based, I said, go and talk to the Indian team that's done a very similar topic before. So, Certainly that, that level of connecting globally we encourage. Um, of somebody actually, I'm not, I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head of one individual. It's cer it certainly will open up those networks. It certainly open up, opens up those doors, um, yeah. at least from a host perspective. Um, I've got examples of it I've seen on LinkedIn, but um, not specific to LinkedIn Local. Well, I, I, I really, it was a question that I suppose it's a difficult question to answer, but something that I wanted to bring up on this platform because the ability for an entrepreneur in Guam through your, through, 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 through the LinkedIn local to now be able to gain access to support in new markets could potentially create Absolutely. real scalability. Absolutely. Yeah. For, for a lot of people's networks and a lot of people's businesses, they will, particularly who do have, you know, who want that global reach, it really will, it really will thrive. I mean, even for me personally, I, I didn't, when I started this, I didn't have the biggest network at all. I had a lot of local connections, but I didn't have, have a lot of global connections. I now do most of my other business internationally, not locally, because it did just open up and it's not that I sought it. It's just literally I had more and more connections that I made overseas. And ultimately, that's what that that networking is going to drive anybody's business um, if, if the service can be offered outside of your existing market. Yeah, that, make, that makes total sense. The going back to like what you said with Jamie and Judy and they created that, that it's honestly changed their lives and any communities across the world. Um, that's exactly what Next Gen Movement is about too, mm. that powerful community. And what, what we do with our guests like yourself, we put out these posts on LinkedIn and we want to gauge what they want to know about yourself, any burning questions. And I, I would love to ask questions is, which is about community. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Cobalt from California, he asked, how do you measure the true value of the global community? That might be a tough one though. Yeah, it, I actually saw that in the news feed, so I had to think about that. It's, I, look, at the moment, we don't have a specific measure on it. Um, it, it local X can certainly, um, we are looking at ways in which we can, we can do that for, for ourselves and other communities. Essentially, what we want to build is, is these types of tools for LinkedIn Local, and then ultimately that will be of interest to other communities, perhaps like yourselves. From at the moment, I think it's in the stories. I think it's in the power of how many events continue. So not just start, but continue. So you like London as an example, you know, you've got some very super keen hosts there. They now have around about 16 groups in London um, with different areas. So, you know, obviously different pockets of London. They've got the LinkedIn youth. They have LinkedIn local women. 
um, you know, some different sort of niche areas. They have a mental health one specifically as well, uh, purely focusing on mental health on a monthly basis. So um, I think it's I think it's the numbers that continue to come back, the number of groups that grow. For me personally, I measure it on the number of people that continue to want to come back on a monthly basis. And to me, that's valuable. And the st- I think the stories... The measure at the moment is in the stories. There's no one way to measure. I mean, we can say there's a thousand hosts. We can say we're in 85 countries. We can say we're in 350 cities, but what value do those numbers have? They sound great, but at the end of the day, I think it's the actual people that are impacted that still want to be a part of it. I think think that's the measure at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. I've got, a, uh, I've got a question, Anna, from Toby Newman in Eindhoven in the Netherlands. How do you ensure that events are engaging and relatably, are re- relatable locally in terms of language, culture and time zones, but at the same time ensuring that the wider global community can engage? So I think, um, so in terms of engaging locally, it's all local hosts. So it's usually, there's usually a lead host or a couple of people in a city that say, this will what will work here. This is the time of year that we should do it. These are the topics that should be done. Um, You know, all of that sort of thing is very much decided locally as to how they do it. We give people, you know, a, a guide as to what, you know, here are kind of the core values. And they are quite loose, so people can really give it a feel about, um, you know, what it is that they're they're wanting to achieve and and their own kind of local flair as such. In terms of language, I mean, most people do them in their local language. I do know that in Montreal, for example, they have had different, and they've specifically stated this is an English-speaking one and this is a French-speaking one, just so that obviously people know what the speakers, what language they'll be speaking in. Um, on a global level, I think um, it's the engagement in the news feed. So it's very much, you know, my local connections here feel engaged with the wider community. One, because, I, you know, there's usually I might mention it once, you know, sometimes at events as to, you know, some new cities or some new stats, people like to hear that. But as well, they're engaging with the wider community in the news feed and they see LinkedIn Local come up in the news feed. And so I think... Um, you know, we do our best as a, you know, free volunteer-run community to keep things consistent, but with, I suppose, having a local host bring their own their own flair or their own ideas to, to the concept. Awesome. Thank you. Anna, um, just thinking about why you started LinkedIn Local, um, now, I think your story is fascinating because it shows that through technology, location really no longer matters, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're not hampered by where you are on the planet. And I think other than what you've done with LinkedIn Local, behind all that, this is a story of great initiative. I'm all about an open and growth mindset. And I think that you definitely have this. You obviously had to embrace this to, to, to have the appetite to even start the movement. Mm-hmm. Take us back to when you actually kicked this thing off. I know we've heard a little bit about, or we read a little bit about why you did it, but I'd just like to hear from you around where were you at from a, a mindset perspective? What were your frustrations? Why did you actually start this this particular movement it was, started, it was started on a whim it was not a let's go and create this global thing yeah. um, I've always been fascinated with LinkedIn um, yeah, okay. I worked in the recruitment industry um, before LinkedIn came along so I saw it entirely shaken up by LinkedIn and my personal circumstances at the time uh, in 2017 early 2017 was I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. I was just coming back from maternity leave and I was kind of not entirely sure what direction I was going to take. Um, I was probably going to do, obviously going to do some social media training. It wasn't necessarily going to be LinkedIn, um, although that's always been my niche, where locally I thought, it, you know, would be a little bit broader than that, not very, very concentrated on LinkedIn. Nobody used LinkedIn where I live. 
And so, um, and that was actually how it started was I had a trial for Sales Navigator and I took the stats and if anybody's familiar with Sales Navigator, there's, whenever you do a search, you'll get a certain number and then it will give you a tab as to who within that search has actually been active on LinkedIn in the last 30 days. So I had put up a post on LinkedIn that said, you know, we have 23,000 people in Coffs Harbour in the area using, with LinkedIn accounts and we have 289 people engaging on the platform. I said, isn't like, that, like it was pretty much a laughable, surely we can do better than that. And I had a couple of local people comment on it. And I think that's where the, the idea started was that, well, you know, and somebody did say on that post, well, if it's so small, why don't we all get together some way? So, and I literally thought, well, actually, this is an interesting idea. Um, and I spoke to a couple of people who I did know, because a lot of people that commented I'd never met. And um, I just said, okay, great. So then I put up a post and said, well, I'm going to host a LinkedIn local in Coffs Harbour. And it was a, it was an actual afterthought that the hashtag went on it. It was not. Uh, it was. It may well be the best career decision I've ever made. There you go. Um, <laughs> but um, and yeah, I mean, and within a few hours, um, Eric in Brussels, Alex in London had commented on it. Like, this is a great idea. I might do this here, and they were instantly taken with it. And um, I think it was a, shortly after Manu and I connected um, and he was in New York, just about to move to New York at the time. And he was like, you know, I'm in Toronto, but I might do this when I move to New York. This is a great idea. So we all started and thought, no, I don't think, I'm, I'm, none of us had spoken. We were, in fact, and some of us weren't even connected at the time. We saw it through a second tier connection. So, but we had a couple of calls and we shared a few ideas and that we thought that was it. Like we didn't didn't think anything would happen, and I just with um, it was the European North American summertime, so a lot of people were commenting, going, "This is a great idea, but it's just not really the right time of year." And things kind of slowly progressed. A few cities wanted to do it, so we said, "Great, let's help them." And I think as far as stories go, and as far as movements start, they need leaders with energy behind it. And, they, and with collaboration. And that was what we had. We just had the right mix of energy and collaborators and ideas that were willing to put the time and effort behind it. And it, it may well have fizzled out had we not have done that. Mm. Manu held a really big um, meetup in Shanghai um, in around July of that year. So the first one I did in June, in July, he did a pop-up event in Shanghai, which I believe is still the most viewed post on LinkedIn ever. It had 1.4 million views had Jeff Weiner comment on it. Um, and then from there, even then, there wasn't a huge influx. It was around about September 2017 that there was just this, like my inbox just filled up with people like, can you help us, can you help us? And we were like, okay, well, all right, well, let's, let's run some calls. Let's bring a group, host community together. Let's, you know, and, and that was really when it started. And a lot of it, I think, is timing again, North American, European summer time was over. People were ready to kind of get stuff back into to business and do, do something that was the right timing fit. But it was also the release of video on LinkedIn. Uh, and that I think yeah. is a crucial part. Again, timing just aligned for us. Alex did a couple of amazing videos from London. Eric did one from Barcelona and those I think suddenly these events were brought to life. People looked at these one to two minute videos and just went, I need that in my city. I need to be a part of that. And the videos, I'm just about to release um, a page with all the videos on it. But, um, and I think, but the videos is, is what continues to inspire people. It's great to see photos. It's great to see people talking about it. When you watch a one to two minute video, that's when people go click. I need to be a part of that. And so from there, it has just exploded and continues to explode and astound most of us daily as to how many and far and wide it reaches. It's definitely astounded me because I've been to probably more international ones from travel, whatever, mm. and I'm definitely all for the movement. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to be um, at the Dublin one uh, mm. last year and I was talking to the the hosts, Jan and John, and like listening to them, how they all started it, they, they picked up, they maxed out at the event I was at and there's a few other ones, but 
some some of the places I think when they 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 do realize right, we want to start this, they're trying to figure out how do we get numbers. Um, Branka Injak Misak from Melbourne. My apologies if I butchered that. So Branka Injak Misak, she asks, are there any particular hooks used to increase turnout numbers that you found? Look, I there's a few things that that help turnout numbers. Um, one is an engaged host who has a very good network to begin with. <laughs> Um, it's very hard to move to a city with knowing nobody and start one because you need people, I think, that know you and trust you already. Mm. So having that, that's not to say it hasn't been done, but we've said to people, look, if you're new in a city, go and find somebody locally who can help you. Um, and often we find them for them through the host community. So I think having that, a following um, or, a, you know, a bit of a local reputation initially certainly helps. I wouldn't say it's a hook, but it's it's something that that really um, needs to be there in place or you've got, and I've had people, I've said to people, look, if you don't have a local connections, go out and make some, like go and start connecting with people and ask them if they, that you think they think it's a good idea. And I had somebody do that who literally two months later went, right, I'm ready. I've got about 50 people interested. It was like, great. She ran with it. And so that's the first one. Secondly, I mean, posting about it in the newsfeed uh, that, that got, that doesn't, it's certainly, it's a hook. You've got to keep talking about it. If you can put videos up, people have done videos from events, pre-events, say, you know, we're going to host a LinkedIn local. People have shared other events. So, for example, like the London or the Barcelona videos that said, you know, here's this amazing video. This is what we want to bring to Miami. And they've shared that piece there. Interestingly, for me personally, I saw a huge spike in numbers. Um, one, from finding a co-host that had a very different network to me. Um, and that was a great because suddenly there was a big mix. So I think there is a lot of value in having more than one person hosting because you do bring a different mix of people into, into a space. Um, and secondly, Facebook events. When I started listing one on Facebook, I saw a huge spike. And that's not going to happen in every city. Not every host wants it on Facebook. But for me personally, when not a lot of people are necessarily going to see things in their LinkedIn newsfeed, they, they are going to see them on Facebook because Facebook has amazing technology through its local app to drive events. You might have to start Facebook local. <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> well, we do. We, we trademark it. <laughs> well, there are, there are local Facebook meetups, I think, in a lot of markets. Yeah, but you no, could probably do it better. Do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mark, I'll await your call. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah. I think there, there isn't I, continuing to talk about it. I, and I, I think that's another hook. One of the things I always say, if you're going to host an event, small or big, it doesn't matter. The best thing you can do afterwards is post about it on LinkedIn because the skeptics and the people who couldn't make it are suddenly going, or they missed it the first time, they're suddenly going, well, when's the next one? And that's a hook. So I think continuing, you need hosts that are going to continually drive it. So <laughs> the question yeah, yeah it does. absolutely does awesome I've, I've got one uh from i'm just gonna have a go at pronouncing her name iwa blonska from uh Poland. Poland. yeah <clears throat> she's just asked um if you could choose one value that linkedin local meetings should develop among people what would it be i think it's the pitch free um, keeping events pitch free and it is one of our core values and it's simply because it's what keeps us separate from a lot of other traditional networking so it also I think fits better with the types of people that want to come so what I've and I often say this to hosts is a lot of traditional networking events are attended by people who do a lot of networking events because they're business owners and there's 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 a set formula to them whether it's whether it's paid or unpaid, there is a set formula because there's a lot of business owners there. They're all there just to pitch their business. LinkedIn Local, I think, has a separate distinction because it's people from LinkedIn who aren't necessarily business owners. They might be HR managers. They might be executive assistants. They just like that online conversation. But they don't want to turn up to an event where they're expected to suddenly talk about their business and what they do because that's not why they came. They wanted to continue the online conversation offline at a face-to-face -face level. So keeping those events pitch-free is what people come back for because it's not about the host, their agenda and pushing their own agenda. So, oh, great, well, we do, you know, social media marketing, 
you know, here's a LinkedIn local, but it's all about me and it's all about the services I want to sell to you because people don't come back to that. People come back when there's discussions about mental health, when there's discussions about communication, when there's discussions about, you know, profiles and personal branding because they have a take home from that. They learn and they want to come back again. So I think the one core value I would say is keeping them pitch free and keeping them about the people that come and not about the hosts or the speakers. I love that. It's um, it's it's so much about the, the people and, and not about ourselves. Which um, I'm curious, what like what you mentioned one of our core values. What are some of your other core values? So core values are not for profit, um, pitch free collaboration, which is becoming, which is a really big one, and most hosts take that on board. And that's very much if there's one in your city already, kind of find a point of difference. Don't compete with it. That's what we really don't want. Um, and I think it's probably one of the threats to a lot of cities is having people come in, set it up for their own agenda, take away what, um, you know, what they've built simply just for their own, for their own gain. And so collaboration is a really, really big part of it. So not only for events, you multiple events in the city, but also hosts themselves. You know, if somebody wants to get involved in a group, be open to that. Um, you know, we've, I, there's a lot of mentoring that can happen even just from a hosting perspective. If you've got three to four people on a team and some of those are perhaps students, they can really learn from an existing group, maybe do one or two events together and then go up and set, set up a youth event. And we've seen that happen in a lot of, um, a lot of cities as well, which is great. So I think kind of keeping it inclusive Sharing dates so there's no clash on dates so people aren't having them, you know, if it's in, like, say, for example, London, you know, not having them on the same week so that people can actually attend and other hosts can attend your events as well. So collaboration is another big one. And the other one is um, um, obviously, well, not uh, apart from not using the, the logo, which is more about the not-for-profit idea, the LinkedIn logo, the other one is very much about being local to where you are to host an event. I'm not a fan of pop-up events where somebody travels to the other side of the world, they run one event and they go home again. One, well, the first reason is um, people locally usually say, well, you know, why wasn't a local person um, doing that event? And, there, I, I, and I think that's a very valid objection. Unfortunately, we don't seek out hosts. We don't have the time. But, um, you know, that, that it, can, it has happened on a number of occasions. But the big reason for that is the people that come to that event are usually wanting to know when the next event is. And the pop-up events just don't continue. Mm. So I, I always say to people, if you want to go fly to the other side of the world and go and do an event, Go and find somebody locally to help you or tap into the existing group there and ask them if you can run an event with them because you're going to bring your network to that and they are, they are going to gain by growing their group and the people that come obviously have an ongoing thing to come to. So um, that's one of the other core values we've tried to, to get most people to, to stick to as well. That's awesome. And I'm just going to piggyback on that, actually. It actually, uh, what you guys are, Zach's question and what you just talked about dovetails into Elizabeth Lim's question. She's from Melbourne. She's asked the question. I'm going to try to reframe it. So she's actually asked, how do you prevent people with sleazy intentions from, intent, from attending? But I'm going to, I'm going to reframe that, that, that question around how do you manage uh, – people's agendas in, in a way to kind of prevent what you just talked about from like a, you know, a kind of slick salesman creating these little environments where they can go and pitch. How do you guys actually vet and manage that? We, we have an onboarding process that I think um, to some extent does um, encourage or discourage those types of events. Yeah. Uh, I am aware of them happening. I, I get the odd complaint from the other side of the world um, from people who've attended them. But, and it's, it's a really difficult one because I don't want to be a global policeman on this. This yeah. is a community idea. So I don't want to say to somebody, no, you can't do events anymore because I heard from somebody that, that your, your event is horrible and all you ever did was pitch at it. To me, it's a little bit, it's quite self-policing. People might do that. But the next time they try and promote an event, nobody goes back. Mm. Um, 
And I think, and I think that's if you create an event of value as a host in the right way, and that's some of the reasons we have these core values. It's because people said to us, how do I be successful at this? How do I replicate your success and what you've done? And we say, okay, we'll keep it pitch free, keep it not for profit, because people don't want to go to events that they think you're personally profiting from. They don't want to go to events that they think you're just set up for the sole purposes of pitching. If you want to be successful, that's what you need to do. And so I think in a lot of ways, there have been a number of places or cities that may have done events that are very pitchy, that are very traditional networking, but people just don't go back to them. So the hosts don't continue. And, and I think that is, is the way, at least I personally, like to think we can police it. Um, I'm sure there would be plenty of people who would disagree with me, but unfortunately, I don't get paid for this. I don't need the stress in my life of having to go and track down a host to find out. You know, it's, you know, we are a community. We have community values. If you want to be a part of that community, you maintain those values. If you don't, then you know, don't, don't participate in our community and don't, don't, don't use LinkedIn local anymore. I've, there's been a couple of people who approached me who, and I just said, look, don't do a LinkedIn local. What you're trying to do is not a LinkedIn local. Mm. Call it a LinkedIn meetup, you know, call it a LinkedIn live, whatever you want to do. Um, but just don't use the name LinkedIn local because we have those core values, which they could probably ignore me because I don't own it, but I would like to think most people can respect yeah. what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, Anna, before we wrap things up, uh, I have a, like a personal question I would love mm. to know that I'm curious about. When I first heard of these LinkedIn locals, I thought they were just going to be like a, like, a, like a generic kind of networking event like they usually are. But over time, I would see them change and it might be where they would have a panel of people or there would be like a keynote speaker or now they've got, um, there's thought, thoughts of maybe like people doing yoga and there's a youth section and there's a mental health bringing all these awesome topics. Where do you see it maybe if it's, if it's still continuing to grow at the trajectory it's at, where do you see it being in maybe like five years or so? Look, certainly I would say definitely continuing. Having a, a space in each city imaginable as long as there's a, a volunteer host willing to continue it I think um, you know it, it would be a great thing to, to continue in a lot of ways as we are I would like us to be a little bit more organized on a global perspective with things like um, branding and um, so any an example would be um, promoting events uh, a little bit maybe more centrally so if if there's a um, say a Sydney event happening, we can say, okay, well, you know, send out something to a mailing list to say, here's the Sydney event that's coming up. But also this month, here's a list of other events in Australia that are happening. Same in New Zealand, same in, you know, Florida or other states. I think there's a lot of value in that. Organising that, though, has been a bit tricky in that, again, we're volunteers. There's only a certain number of weeks we can spend on this, certain number of hours a week we can spend on it. So, um, and, and that's, I mean, that's the, I think a hindrance to the global reach mm. is um, the more it grows and the more markets, um, you know, for example, the website that we have doesn't collect tickets. Um, we tell people, you know, go and use another ticketing platform. Don't reinvent the wheel. We looked at it. And the fact that trying to collect payments in 85 countries from the get go is, is, is like a, is it's a minefield. Um, so that's why we never, you know, when we started the website, when we never did that because it, and I mean, at that time, it was probably 30 countries, 85. In a year's time, it could be 140. Who knows? So it's, it's just that challenge of, of trying to organise things. So I would love it to continue the way it is with a very engaged host community, sharing ideas, um, a space for speakers to be able to say, put their hand up and say, you know, I'm going to be in Toronto this month. I'd love to attend an event or I'm happy to put my hand up as a panellist or a speaker. I think there's so much value in something like that. The nature of the workforce at the moment and in five years' time it's going to be even more so is that we are so transient and we are moving all the time. And I would love there to be a way for people to just go, okay, well, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm moving to Cincinnati 
where can I find the LinkedIn local group? I'm really engaged in the Baltimore one, but I really need that tie-in as I'm moving to a new city. And that that is happening, but it's it's very it's very clunky, those processes. So I would love to see us, you know, have a, a more centralised place. And at the moment, I think it's working well, but as communities grow, they get harder and harder to manage and there's there's often... You know, people still doing events that are a bit disengaged, you know, within a host community. So I think the challenge with it and as well as the opportunity is keeping it together, keeping people really working to help each other um, and just and supporting one another, be it through helping others find attendees. You know, I, for example, I used to work in Scotland. So when the Scottish event started, I said, you know, great, I can share this with my Scottish network, which I did. And... You know, there's, there's, we've, we're all from somewhere or, or know people somewhere or have been somewhere or are travelling ourselves. So I think having this as a space that supports that global community as well as the people who live locally who just want to go to local events, I think um, is where I would love to see it. How we achieve that, lots of ideas and ways, what's going to work, what's this space, I guess. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Anna. We're really um, grateful that you've come and, and, and shared your time with us. Um, we've got a lot out of the conversation. We know the community is going to get tons out of the conversation as well. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see where local X goes. I think given that's more of a commercial venture, I think LinkedIn local, there's so much that can happen, but you guys are now in a space where you guys are all volunteers and to scale it and to put in the time, it's hard, right? Because it, it requires time. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see the, the local X movement. And I think, again, if I could reiterate, I think what I love about your story so much is it's a story of initiative and an action. And it was very much the same for us at the next gen movement where I've done a lot of different types of entrepreneurial, uh, I suppose, um, things, but this thing just worked very easily. We connected. It just seemed to be something that the universe wanted for us to do. And it seems like that's the same for yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to ask you is if there's any piece of game changing advice you'd want to impart to the next generation of entrepreneurs or people that are coming into the workforce, what would that be? Um, I would say inspire leaders. One of the things I learned very quickly with LinkedIn Local was it was a self-fulfilling movement in that people in India aren't inspired by me anymore as to what they should do with LinkedIn Local. They're inspired by the hosts. What we did was give a space for people to, I think, learn and emerge as leaders in their local community. And that's what continues to inspire people, either in their own cities or in other cities. And that's the nature of how interconnected we are on social media. You know, you might see a US thing and go, a US event and say, I need to do this in Australia. And that's, I mean, that's actually what happened. I mean, this started in Coffs Harbour. It was in London, Brussels, New York, um, some other European cities, a few other places, and it took eight months to get back to Sydney, which is obviously, the, you know, the most local city to... Well, Ironic. The, the capital city. <laughs> so, and that, so it went all the way around the world before the next event happened. Australians are sceptic. <laughs> well, hopefully not anymore. No. So I think... Um, but. And this is, this is where I think LinkedIn Local really does have an opportunity, separate to Local X, um, it, to continue. As you said, it was interesting. I think it really will continue because there are other leaders that are always going to lead it. There are always going to be people that have come up and love the idea and emerge with it. And, of course, yes, it needs, it needs I think, the founders to be tapped in. But as a community itself, there are leaders within there who probably will do more than the founders. And like an example of this would be, say, the London events. I mean, Alexandra Galvez started them and she's still doing the youth ones, but there's a lot of other leaders within that community now taking over those events. Mm. And so I think inspiring leaders 
is is really a big part of it. It isn't about you being the leader and taking the helm and and wanting to run it yourself as a leader the whole time. You've got to find people. You've got to make yourself replaceable. And that's the way I look at LinkedIn Local. I would hope to think that in five years' time it doesn't need me anymore. It's scalable, um, right? Yeah, because it shouldn't need me. It's good enough in that, of course, I'll still talk about the values. Of course, I'll still support it. But I don't think it needs me and, and the other founders on a day-to-day basis continuing to lead it because it, you, you burn out. Mm-hmm. And so I think truly great movements, and there's some TED Talks on this, which are fantastic, but you've got to... The one thing that we did that I would say to anybody is you've got to inspire leaders and the leaders need something in return. And in our case, I think it's social capital. It's what people get from it. They get some exposure, they get a network, they get the social capital and that's why they want to continue and that's why it continues to thrive and that's what inspires other people. That's what they want behind it um, and, and that's why it will I hope, um, continue to, to thrive because it, it self-fulfills itself because more and more people get involved. They continue to spread the message and the ideals and it, it, it continues. Thank you so much for that, Anna. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Does anyone else have anything? Yeah, I, I'll... Um... I just want to say thank you for creating this, Anna. It, it, honestly, that started from an idea from Coss Harbour out of all places and to come back. But what you've created to benefit humanity, to bring online to offline, is known as the village effect. Um, I, I read the book on your recommendation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I truly want to thank you from behalf of all of us for being on here and for creating something so powerful to benefit humanity. So thank you for that. Thank um, you. Is there, I want to just give you the, the platform to give you 30 seconds to plug anything you've got coming up or where people can find you, like whatever you've got. Um, so LinkedIn Local, for those that are interested, um, it's linkedinlocal.com. We're not breaking a LinkedIn trademark there. Um, so um, go to there, find an event at the moment until the events area comes on LinkedIn. That's where the events are. Um, if you want to host, there's a process to go through there. If you're interested in LocalX, localx.org, um, you can check it out um, and register on there for, for any upcoming information. It's, it's, it's all still new and not quite ready yet, um, but certainly from a service level, if anybody's looking for community consultation, um, we're very open to that as a team.